0: here's the thing is if if you wanted a table today and you live anywhere but Bucks County or somewhere within drivable reach of our office, the process right now today, which is how it's been and is The same for every other competitor of ours is you email back and forth with our office or maybe you call in. But either way, it's most of it goes over email back and forth, back and forth, getting all the information about what they're trying to do. What's their style? Do you have reference photos? When you're doing custom work, you're building something ground up and so much stuff just gets lost in translation. Think I'm going on BMW website and I want to build my next BMW That's the experience it's gonna be. Where you're going on, you're building your custom table. These slabs are constantly new. It's never the same. Maybe we have 20 slabs on now that are available. It's always different. All the base options are there and we're the only place you can find these. We're gonna have other options that are just like our designs made out of wood as well. There's kind of options for everybody.
1: We're back. We're in a different location than we have been. We are at Paramount Wood Company in their beautiful, um, fairly newly finished showroom. We've got Colin Thompson here, the owner, and of course, Gilmar Tobar. He comes
2: everywhere. <laughs> All the time, baby. Uh, <laughs> you took that joke to the next level. Dude. Good for you. <laughs> Oh, wait, I didn't even mean it like that. Dude. That's
1: funny as shit. Should we run it back or just no? Go get it. Dude. It's saying in. Dude, I was, like, I was like, all right, dude, you're literally you're you're making you're making some claims, but all right, I hope you Man. back it up, dude. Right, we know what Gilmar's about. 100 of the time.
2: It's that Latino, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we have a running joke right now uh, that Gilmar's Guatemalan. Mm. And like if you really look at the world Like Guatemalans run everything I've been calling the Guatemalans The secret Illuminati Mm -hmm. They run everything? Yeah think about it Restaurants, landscape Like everything that runs the whole country Guatemala's behind it Damn! If Guatemala just wanted to like shut us down, like everybody, everybody's worried about Russia and shit. I'm like, dude, you guys don't know. If Guatemala wanted to shut it down on America, they would just call everybody back.
2: Bro, they sneak Damn. in and sneak that out. That is the move.
1: Your people yeah. have power, they do,
0: bro. To stay on your good side,
2: yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> so.
1: dude, that's what I'm saying. Like everybody jokes, but
2: you know, I know a couple Raoul's. Man, better relax. <laughs> you know a couple Raoul's, dude. <laughs> Raoul's, <laughs> Ra- R- <laughs> <laughs> both I know both. <laughs> yeah, I know all of Yo, them. Yo, this is Colin's show.
1: Go, bro. Yeah, He's bad. making it about you. you my know. bad, it's, bad about bro. it's not about me. It's not about me.
2: No, it's not about me. Yeah. They,
1: <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> just talking about you running the world. <laughs> but um, so we're in this showroom that you guys really kicked ass. Mm, like, that's why Thank I was you. like, we should just film in your showroom because this is so cool. Um, I'm pretty sure the backdrop behind us is pretty. This show is pretty up. On the screen right it's, yeah, just it's a pretty good it's fire we Crispy. got the, the live moss look at that. or the is it that wa- what it, is? it was
0: living yeah it's uh, preserved actually because if we had if we had it live it's everywhere for people that can't see it. it's like wrapping around the wall but um, if we had it living we had to do this whole irrigation system behind it so we ended up just I quoted out a company to do it I was trying to figure out what I want to do on these walls at first I wanted to just do like a scratch-coated concrete make it look kind of industrial that was shockingly expensive and then I wanted to do like faux brick, you know, kind of like artisan, like Italian, almost kind of vibes. Also, I expensive. thought that would have been cool, more expensive. Yeah. I bet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then we found I was at a restaurant in New York actually, and uh, they had just like a small little section of that. I was like, that is cool and kind of on brand. Um, and I did some research. I had a couple companies quoted out, and it was stupid expensive. I mean, like I could have done both types of walls combined, and then some more. And then went on vacation for the price the, of put what the it was live moss. it was crazy.
1: Yeah, because you have to put like all the small piping behind yeah, there, and if it gets clogged, you got to flush it all. Yeah, there.
0: and it's and if it dies, it smells like death. Oh, like if the moss, if you do anything wrong, um, so you almost had it, it was didn't make any sense. But even the preserved moss was crazy expensive. That's what I was talking about. That was crazy expensive. How was it preserved? Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's dry, the color stays in it. I'm going to make something up here. But it it worked, and we ended up just buying it in bulk instead of paying any of those prices because we're a new company. And we did it ourselves. And we did piece by piece, like every little piece. It was super tedious, and And I don't know why we took it on, but we did Hot glue gun? Yeah, just like 3M adhesive, spray adhesive. Damn. Oh, wow, and then you just, like,
1: pushed it on? Yeah, yeah. It 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 worked out well. It really does. Every time I come in here, just the balance of, like, the wood... Hmm. with the moths it's not anything you'd ever expect and you can't see it really from when you come in from the outside you're just expecting to walk in here and see like a bunch of slabs and tables and stuff
3: yeah
1: and you turn around and you look around and you're like oh my god yeah the,
3: yeah the, i think the room looks
1: living
0: i think what's cool about our showroom here in particular is everything in the showroom we built so like the uh, the lighting clouds above us they're made out of recycled cherry from bucks county um, it was just extra boards I had laying around before we did construction. We were trying to figure out what we want to do with them because we needed to move
1: everything. That's pretty wild that those ceiling f- fixtures are like leftover wood. That yeah. doesn't, that doesn't help all the people that just like stockpile wood in their garages. <laughs> you actually, you actually did something with, with the wood you stockpile. Yeah. Everybody's got a random wood pile. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> Your <here's> me. <laughs> Four light fixtures,
3: yeah.
0: Well, we did the same with the the like big built-in display unit. That was that was for the most part extra walnut. We had to buy some more, but um, uh, that turned out great. And it was like it, it. The doors are solid mahogany, which was which was also like th- these were all extra boards of material. The cedar actually, I pulled off the walls when I was originally renovating the building here. Oh, we yeah. cleaned them up. They're like eighty years old. The the cedar boards. They were in the uh, like the residence area of this building, and uh, they've been there forever. And uh, it's, like, one of the original parts of the building. And we pulled them off, cleaned them up. Sweet, super old, super colorful cedar. We just used them for for that and a, uh, quite a few other places. We made the windows outside out of them. Um, we were just trying to use what we have. And, and I grew up in a house that, like, um, I think everybody's got the family member where they hoard everything. And as I do, like, different phases with the business, I want to, like, I just go back to my childhood thinking about how many times I had to like clean up like all the stuff that we definitely had to keep but we really like still to this day it's just collecting dust so, <laughs> so I didn't want to be that person so every time we do something here instead of just moving some something to like a storage unit or someplace other than right here where it's in the way we, we try to make something out of it and that kind of comes back to like the whole business using everything that we get and not throwing it away and not just letting it sit somewhere. And, and, you know, wood is wood. So eventually it's going to decay and fall apart and rot and become useless. So we might as well use it while it's useful.
1: Yeah. How did you, when you, we last talked to you, you were kind of just starting down this journey. So it's cool that like, I don't know if we have any other podcasts with people that were at ground zero and then, like the business is now running to the, like the level you're running at now. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of really cool to see like the growth and the transition of it all. Mm-hmm. And I've told you this before, but this business vastly, I knew you were going to do something and like, I got to see this space before it was this obviously, mm-hmm. but every time I come in here, I'm always just kind of, you know, blown away with what you like. It was kind of crazy to hear your vision when you gave me the original tour and then just see it all like exactly how you said it was going to be. And then some parts being like enhanced vision a little bit, like the Mm. Moss wall. I knew that came up, but when you guys, you know, I think you were trying to do just one wall and you just kind (laughs) of kept going. Yeah, we did. We had Um, extra. And it, I'm glad you did. And especially this little slit right here in the wood paneling right there. There's like that, I don't know, probably six inch little cutout of just the Moss down there. It kind of, It does, um, who's, (laughs) did anybody draw this out or did you guys kind of just like, no, what we did all the
0: way through. Um, and what's funny about that little sliver of moss actually is we were, we were laying the walnut on the wall, which is like brick laid. It's actually flooring. It's recycled Mm. walnut flooring, um, that I got from a cabin and, um, we were laying that down as kind of like this, you know, barrier between the floor and the wall and then, we realized how unflat or rather level the floor was with the ceiling. So in the middle, as we were, because we were working on the walnut ahead of time, we were using the walnut um, flooring as extra space filler. And then as we got close to each other, I'm like, these two are not going to line up in any kind of like (laughs) smooth transition way. So if you actually look at it, there's a slight taper. And uh, that's why we filled it with moss because it was Ah, just going to look like garbage if we tried to get the wood to match up right. So we put a little accent in there, Moss. And it's not noticeable at first glance, but
1: if you really look at it, you can tell. Mm, I would have never known. <laughs> it's divided up pretty nice.
0: Yeah, it looks
2: good. Yeah.
1: What, it's um, kind of subtle. Where along this journey, because the last time we talked to you, you told us about how um, you started out trying to be a general contractor and then found, like, your passion for all mm-hmm. of this. Where along the journey did you come up with, like, this relationship with the wood? Because even your even your slogan is, is very nature oriented. And I know you guys plant trees Mm. and do a lot of like giving back to the environment in that way. So I was just kind of wondering like where you pick that up or who you pick that up from.
0: Um, I think,
1: I mean, I think it just comes from, um,
0: from, I mean, uh, when when I was younger, I wasn't really on that subscription. I mean, I was racing cars, uh, you know, we're doing like a mile and a half per gallon,
3: <laughs> you know,
0: it's like, um, uh, you know, I would recycle and, you know, do kind of the minimum as just a, like a punk kid and into my 20s. And then just, I've been fortunate to travel, uh, you know, a really good amount. And um, I guess just in, as I get older, I'm trying to pay more attention and to what my effect is on the world. And <clears throat> if I'm going to do something, like the perfect career for me is to do something that I'm passionate about and something that leaves a positive mark on the world. And that's what you see in sort of my first case of doing that is paramount. And, um, you know, I, I think if you can make something really cool and exciting and new and do it in a way that's positive for the environment and for everybody around it, lead a good team, have a good, you know, um, I don't know, just vibe around the shop and then leaving a really good mark on the environment in the result of what you make, I mean, like, that's the pinnacle for me. So that's what we always shoot for here.
1: That makes a lot of sense, because even watching you, I've had the privilege of being here, like, while work is actually happening, and just watching your interaction with your entire team, um, there's no surprise to me why you're able to, c- like, create all of these pieces as a company, um, just because, like, just the communication, and it just seems like everybody's, like, really friendly or close with one another which you don't really see in a lot of businesses not just exclusive to like trades or you know craftsmanship so that's also a really cool thing that like you're building stuff that's so unique but you also have such a unique environment here and then you have a unique showroom so like you're fairly consistent wouldn't you agree
2: yeah i agree i mean i i came here and and shot some things for him and everyone Mm. That was helping me out, and everyone that's a part of everything, it seems almost like a family, and everyone gets along really well, mm-hmm. everyone has fun, and it's it's cool to see that environment in in a place like this.
0: Yeah, I think that's the only way this kind of stuff works, I mean, um, or is
1: scalable. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, could I, like, be a, a sort of, I don't know, a bell-ridden leader where I'm just, you know having everybody punch the checks and I'm paying everybody the minimum and asking the most and, and you know, pushing them through the day in a way that's maybe maximizes profit for me, but it minimizes everybody's love and experience and everything. Well, first of all, that shows up in the end result um, on top of just <laughs> being a decent person, not wanting to treat people like that. Um, it's, it's something that um, I think it's important through the hiring process. Like we just added a new team member two days ago and we spent a lot of time researching who, what sort of role we were hiring for, what sort of person we wanted, you know, if we were to describe the per- perfect person and then go through the interview process and see who fits within the picture of what is paramount the best is, you know, finding these people that are here because they have a true passion and they're not just trying to, you know, get paid or, or you know, make a living to get by or because they're kind of into woodworking, but they're not really sure like everybody that's here, to your point, it's like a family. We're very fortunate, and it's the only way it works is that everybody truly loves what they do. It shows in the end result, and it also makes for a fantastic work environment. Everybody that's here, like there's no problems. I'm very, um, like if, I, if, if any little thing is, is, uh, seems to be a, an issue, whether it's with an employee or with a client, I'm the type of person that will just address it right away. Because that's, you know, you can say let's have a great work environment and let's make cool stuff and actually do cool stuff. But problems are always going to come up in every business and every, you know, a company is called a company because it's a group of people, right? And, and um, uh, if you don't nip those things in the butt right away and address them, then that's when they fester into real problems. And I think that translates into most things in life. Um, so I've always just tried to lead that way you know, as far as the team goes and, and relationships with customers, if we have any sort of disagreements or if there's any sort of problems, um, we address them and we move on and like that just creates the most healthy environment for everybody here. And we crank out more stuff and better stuff than ever before. And, and that's, that's always going to be the goal of Paramount is just constantly up leveling our work and making it cooler and cooler and more fascinating. And hopefully, you know, starting to set our own trends for what we think is, uh, you know really fascinating with furniture.
1: Would um a lot of your pieces don't stay in the United States. What are you doing or like what is your plan long term to continue marketing your products abroad and like how how do you plan on like growing that cuz it seems like that's been very successful for you.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's almost the bread and butter of what the business was formed on was these um I was chasing what I found to be very exciting projects, regardless of where they were in the world. Like to me, I mean, we've got planes that fly every, to every country in the world and probably multiple cities within each country, even the small ones. And um, you can get stuff anywhere. So why would you limit yourself to a small category when you make something like what we do, which is we make our product a hundred percent on site so we can control the entire production of whatever we're making. And then, why would we only ship locally when the world is open? It's fully connected. It's easy to reach people regardless of where they are in the world. Um, And for me, like my fiance is Norwegian. I used to live in Germany. I've traveled quite a lot. And, and for me it was always natural. Like I never even considered starting the business and not putting a focus into that. And because uh, uh, you know um, with my fiance being Norwegian, we're over there half the time. So it would almost be negligent of me as a business owner to not go after the European market since I'm spending so much time there anyways. So
1: even your, your marketing abroad is still, um, like a grassroots operation in a way where you're, totally, you're yeah. very like, you're direct to the customer. You're not running like Instagram ads or anything like that. No, we're, um, going to be helping us with all this stuff actually. Um, <laughs>
0: because, uh, we're, uh, that's the one thing I don't have talent in is marketing. It's not something that, um, you know, I'm the, I'm the type of person that I just want to be in the shop and I just want to work and anything of like posting Instagram stories or, or learning, you know, the best and hottest marketing techniques is just not me. Um, it's not something I have a passion for. It's not something I'm good at. Uh, so um, luckily, we have friends like Gilmar that helped me out with that and point me in the right direction and create dope
1: content.
3: That goes <laughs> back
1: to my theory.
3: About <laughs> <laughs> we it just, run the world. It
2: just <laughs> reinforces my theory. Yeah. I'm over here like <laughs> <laughs>
1: seriously. You go to the shoes. The go to get sushi. They're there too. Garman's yeah. there. They're not even Japanese making the sushi. No, nah,
2: man. Got raw. You got your
1: hands in everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys need to make a new like flag <laughs> with you just like s- hands and bowls. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck dude speak to your leader all right i will <laughs> text him
2: i'll fucking hit over Ricardo. dude i'm Whatever.
1: trying to get recognition for the cause man i want to be like when dude. things when this when the, when the switch gets flipped i want to be on the right side of history dude yeah.
2: you're invited to cookouts man you'll all be right. there all right cool
1: just remember us when you're ruling the world all
0: right gotcha bro
2: all
1: right, cool. dude like it's <laughs> eventually it's gonna be like i think it's like 70 percent ruled right now you guys just pref- that's the Illuminati move. Is just to fly under the radar. Yeah, dude.
2: you can't go to eighty five. Like,
1: Democrats, Republicans, whatever. You guys can just you guys do that.
2: Yeah, that's whatever it is, dude. Yeah, no. it is what it is.
1: Doesn't matter to you guys. <laughs>
0: you guys got the control without the fame. <laughs> yeah, smart. exactly, very bro. Smart. That's the, what you got to do. Very very
1: smart. under the radar.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so you said you, you travel a lot. Do you ever go out and get inspired by European furniture architecture?
0: I get inspired by things that I see um, most of the time in nature, actually. So <laughs> there's this tree. If anybody wants to do this project, please hire us to do it. You're cutting there's, a tree down? <laughs> no, there's a tree that's already <laughs> cut. <but laughs> it's Think think about this. We were, um, we were in Hawaii two years ago, and we were walking on a beach. And I almost had this project sold, actually, and I really want to do it. I think if nobody bites in the next year, I'm just going to figure out a way to do it myself. Um, but there was this tree. I don't know what it is because it was so... Like bleached out by the sun. It was almost pitch white, pitch white, if that's a saying. Um, <laughs> Isn't that and it was the trunk was cut off, right? Very low. So it was maybe two feet of the trunk. And then the root system went down along um, solidified lava that was hardened over this beach. And mm. you could follow the roots down to a freshwater pool that was maybe... 20 feet away and these roots were going around it's all like fossilized now so it's fascinating and i was thinking how cool would that be if we excavated out these roots that are just sitting and you know it's dead it's just sitting there you know slowly decaying at this point Um, if we excavated out these roots kept everything relatively intact and then picture it um, if you laser cut the roots flat so it sat flat laser cut a parallel line on the um, top of the uh, the trunk you and had, then had you lasers put, and then yeah right and then you, you put uh, a big glass top on it mm-hmm. so you've, you're looking through and you see the trunk mounted on just one point and then you've got 10 feet of glass sticking out and all you're seeing under the glass is these insane fossilized roots I think it's the coolest table ever Damn. so I'm going to do it one way or another. If somebody wants to get on board, I'm in. But
1: Yeah, I was wondering where that was going because, like, once you said lava, I'm like, all right, yeah. dude. Doing a live <laughs> resin, live lava pouring in the, in the shop, dude. I those wonder what, g- what it would take. <laughs> a lot. But th-
0: those, are, uh, those are the kind of things that inspire me is, like, uh, you know, you'll see a crazy-looking tree or, uh, like, You know, we've done some pieces uh, where we ripped the Maserati apart and we had nothing, almost nothing to do with wood where we just took the engine out and we made it a coffee table and it was the only wood part on it was the wood base. So like we, you know, we were inspired by mechanical things with my motorsports background and it's always different with us. We just, we just do stuff that's fun and we, we like it. And if people want to buy it, we appreciate that. But (laughs) um, yeah, it's always different.
1: That's why I asked you about the marketing because i think your brand image is really clean and the story is really clean and like this place is really clean that's what i was i was wondering what the the sauce was being put in to the marketing because it almost seems like you don't have to in a way but in order for a business to grow steadily um you do need to start taking that mm. seriously at some point so i was just kind of curious, like what that long-term plan looked like but it sounds Is that like criticism you need to start taking it seriously uh <laughs> no I think that you I don't think it was criticism I think it was just the reality that there's so many hours in one day and you've done so much with your time that I don't know I really honestly don't know where you would have found time to also do the marketing so yeah. it was kind of like at a certain point like you're doing well now at a certain point like the business in order for to keep adding people or paying Gilmars yeah. and things like that, <laughs> like you yeah. do eventually need to market.
0: Yeah, it's something that we're uh, we're taking really seriously now. We're um, it's something that's been sort of an afterthought for us the last three and a half years, honestly. Um, we've tried to kind of dip our feet now and see what works and what doesn't work, and um, on a, on really low scale. Um, but now we're we're you know we're talking about um, how we're going to market more consistently, I think is the biggest thing for us is like right now I might spend some time or somebody else in the office might spend some time, um, making like a real once. And then we have nothing for the rest of the month. And like we do Instagram stories and all that, but the posting, like people don't realize posting, I mean, you guys realize, but, (laughs) um, as a small business is so much work and it's like just to do it, Is a lot of work and that doesn't even count in posting smart, you know, and like having strategy
1: worthwhile stuff super worthwhile. I'm definitely starting to look back at what the current strategies that are working for companies are because there was a period in time where I really had like a good lock on Instagram and things like that. But things have changed with those platforms so much that I kind of feel I've been listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos because I feel out of touch with what works right now. And the one thing I listened to today, which was about eight months old, because that's important, too, to like be listening to resources that are actually Mm -hmm. those platforms change so much. So if you watch a video on YouTube looking for direction and the video was made in early 2022, that might not be the case anymore. See that's important, and the the thing I was listening to today was like eight months old, and the strategy was um, two Instagram reels per week, two to five, and then two to five static posts per week, mm-hmm. and one of those being a carousel post with information like trying to be useful, and it was important to s- the the person speaking on the matter owns a very large com like marketing firm. Mm. And they were referencing how, like, hey, static posts are just kind of to reinforce your posts, but they're not as important anymore. If you're not doing the continuous reels, like, two to five times per week, you're not going to have any traction organically.
0: That's what I heard, that, like, static posts almost are almost irrelevant now. Yeah. That's why you see people posting static posts with, like, as reels with music or whatever. Mm -hmm. and yeah i don't know. I'm so out of tune with it but i'm I'm really interested to learn more about it but it's not something it's for you come in Gilmar you, 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 <laughs> you, you have the passion for it you have the talent for it you have it the skill.
1: is it is right and I think that's when I lost touch with all of that is because once I hired Gilmar back i mean this is two or three this is three years ago now probably mm-hmm. and I hired Gilmar full- time at at the time I didn't have to worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like focused on what I needed to be worrying about, which was like, that's an aspect of it. But it's at the, when you're the operator, yeah. there's a multitude of things that are like more priority than posting on Instagram. But then if you look over the course of a year and you real, like you look at like the data behind, like I track all the data from leads for, does it come from Instagram house, mm-hmm. Facebook referrals, realtors, which realtor, like mm-hmm. all that gets tracked in like the lead gen and it was crazy to see that there was like pretty decent leads that came from like house or YouTube for me. Interesting. And then they like found Instagram or like Instagram and then found YouTube. And then, so, like, it's always important to me to ask, like, where did you find us? Like, how did you get into yeah. this? And I'll tell you what, a little secret for people that knocked on my YouTube channel like early on, like, every time I go to meet a new customer, and my YouTube channel comes up organically. Mm-hmm. I close that deal hundred percent of the time because they've watched so much of me just talking about lumber or framing or windows or just, you know, little bits of information that they, they, the value from that is mm. incalculable. Cause it's like you, you already know me. Yeah. Like you've seen so many or the podcast, even if like, I meet a customer through the podcast, It's almost a done deal, yeah. Because if you've listened to f- if you've listened to five full podcasts, you've listened to me talk for a good bit of five hours. Yeah, it's pretty hard to hide who you are after yeah. five hours. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't like my theory on like the Guatemalans, like that's <laughs> a you problem, and that might not close <laughs> the deal. But like, that's like you know, like that's an example. Like you like, oh, that's funny. Like that's a good idea. And then you just like, it's not even relevant to building, but they Mm. get to see your character. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think podcasts are a perfect example of that because obviously before I came on the first time, I watched quite a few of the podcasts to get a vibe of both of you and the style of it. And if I disagreed with it or if it was like strongly against, I don't know. Something I believed in. Don't I, don't, I, don't. Let's don't not go down any rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> let's bring up all the bad things you guys. say. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he like pulls out a the list. Nike like yeah, of the of Nike shit we did. Yeah. The Nike. I I full
1: heartedly believe that <laughs> Nike. If they if they built the Panama Canal, they would have had a billboard there. So they'd just do it. Just do it <laughs> and just build it. It's not. Just it was. Well, it started out as a joke, but after you hear it like a thousand <laughs> times, you're like, actually, there's some validity to this statement. <laughs> Nike savage. <yeah. laughs> <laughs>
2: Nike savage. <laughs> Yeah, they got to keep it up.
1: Um, <laughs> what? I don't know, dude.
2: <laughs> Fucking, I don't know. Yeah. Do it better. I don't know.
1: <laughs> do it better. Just do that's it better.
2: The, <laughs> just do it better. That's <laughs> <Yeah. a new, laughs> the new like,
1: like Nike political ad campaign. Just do, do, do it, better. it better. Do it better.
2: It's the new Obama Hope poster, bro. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs>
3: no, you know that shit was iconic. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It was <laughs> iconic. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> but no big deal.
2: Yeah, no big deal.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna go down any rabbit holes right now. Work no, out. zero rabbit holes. Um, do you like? Do you miss racing at all now that we're like three years or so past when we last talked? Uh, do I miss racing? I mean, I race a couple times a year,
0: uh, mostly vintage cars, just kind of get it out of my system. Um, I miss driving fast. I like driving fast a lot. Mm. Keeps that dog in you.
3: <laughs> 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 Yo, I wish we had a dog button oh,
2: yeah, well, we, got this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we do need a dog button yeah. fuck you're right <gasps> yeah uh,
0: yeah I mean I don't know I, I'm I'm going to do more of it in the future I think I was I've I voluntarily kind of stepped back from it for four or five years and knew that's what it would take to get a business like I'm going to start a business I'm going to put you know my life savings into this and all my time and all my blood sweat and tears and everything um, I can't be you know fucking off to the racetrack every other week like I was yeah, before so um you know it was my career before I was willing to step away from the career and start the business so now it's like okay just the mentality I had with the racing where I was all in there was no distractions in my life I'm that same way with Paramount now now I'm obsessed with this and I like all I think about is how to make it better and um, all you think about is wood I think about wood all the time I'm the hardwood guy you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Go ahead, branch off that. No, <laughs> no nah, dude, I'm Gilmore, chilling.
1: Gilmore's like, clip it. I'm not do doing it. anything. I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm gonna make a YouTube that's short of that, and it's gonna get a million views. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're the hardwood guy.
1: The question I have is, do you? Did you make a video of like the showroom in this place yet? That's on YouTube or his YouTube channel? <laughs> no, I actually
2: sent it to him today. He's mm-hmm. oh. got something new. I haven't even seen yeah. it because we were talking
0: the whole time. Yeah, so <laughs> oh. he not reviewed it, but yeah.
1: yeah. Damn. all right, because we'll have to put that in the bio because people are going to be like what is this guy about?
2: Oh yeah. It's the hardware guy. The hardware um, guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know t- too many. I know like people that race, but I don't know too many like actual race car drivers. When people say Ruben is racing, is that like do you th- do you think that's accurate? Uh yeah. Yeah, so when yeah. you're in like a when you're in like a McLaren or a Porsche like You can't think about that.
3: <laughs> you can't think about that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's gonna get a mark. I mean it's yeah. it's uh yeah. I mean I Did did you ever get out of the car and
1: someone was like, But the carbon fiber? Not not when you're holding the trophy.
3: Yeah.
0: I um there 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 was a moment in um it was on TV and and I have, I think I have the video on my phone actually and um Uh, it's me doing donuts after I won the race and I, the race was perfectly clean. I didn't have any contact. And then I went out and did donuts. And by the way, like for everybody, Watched races and they see, like, oh, people won the race, especially in NASCAR. They do donuts, it's actually pretty much the only type of racing people do donuts in. Is NASCAR, yeah? Yeah. Um, it's horrible for the car, like, it'll you can break an axle, you can destroy like suspension, you know, components. Um, tell that to everybody that owns a Hellcat, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like, it's like probably the worst thing you do for a car, but I'm not gonna tell you it's not fun because it's super fun. (laughs) So, I want I won this race, I was driving a prototype car. Um, and I won, I, yeah, I won, dominated, I was feeling really good, I had a second race, it was two sprint races this weekend, I won the first one, um, and we had a second one the next day, so I'm just going and doing donuts, and they are sweet donuts, like big, <laughs> big white smoke, and, um, and it's right in front of the grandstands, where there was a bunch of people watching, it was really cool, and I watched the TV coverage afterwards, and the announcer, this woman just goes, uh, Colin, you need that car tomorrow. They're not going to be happy. And then I pull into the pits after, after I got the donuts done. I'm all excited. And the team owner, um, is like high fiving me. My, you know, my dad's there the whole team. We're, we're, we're celebrating the engineer walks up this really, really stern Dutch guy. And, um, and he just goes, good job racing you fucked the car up <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> and I broke an axle. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was like, it was, it, it is, it was the equivalent of like a hairline fracture for an axle, but you can't use it mm. the next day because it's gonna fail during yeah. a race. Um, and, uh, and he was the kind of guy that would never say anything really nice except like, Oh, you won, you dominated, you won the championship. Good. Yeah. <laughs> As it. So it was like, good. But and then he went on like a, a rant about how I messed the car up, but th- it's like part of it And did you hit him with that?
1: But can you fix it?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was um, luckily, you know, it wasn't the team or on us It was the sponsors who probably weren't happy when they got the bill But it was a $15,000 damage just Damn. after winning the race. So it was it was uh, I heard about it, but Then I won the next race the next day. So we were okay. Oh shit, but um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean rubbing rubbing is racing like every time you go on track you're driving these cars at the absolute limit of what they can be driven. That's the whole point of it. And you're doing it around, I mean, between on the sprint races, you've got maybe 30 other cars on the track and the endurance races, you might have 70 other cars on track where these, you know, you've got a four mile circuit and 70 cars are racing as hard as they possibly can and pushing it to their absolute limit until they're about to fail. Yeah, you're going to bang into each other. And if it's a brand new, you know, mclaren or porsche or ferrari or lambo that's just part of it like that's just the bodywork on the outside and and like we can replace parts like that it's expected um but uh yeah i mean there's a fine line between rubbing is racing and like <laughs> driving and being kind of like a dick about it
1: and like trying to like take gta yeah just like racking in the Yeah, right. you <laughs> cut me off you've played Grand theft auto right of course mm-hmm. have you played absolutely have you ever just like been doing like a mission and somebody, like, messes the mission up, and you just, like, go off on a shooting spree. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: that's it. the whole it's point like, of the game. You, <laughs> just, you just cut me off.
2: I had 30 <laughs> seconds left.
1: You ruined, like, everybody on the street. Somebody's, everybody's car is done. Yeah.
2: I almost never did the missions. Yeah. I used to just steal cars and sell them. My, problem, my <laughs>
1: problem with the new games is, like, you had to do some of the missions to get the whole map. Mm, yeah. But once I did that, I was like, the rest of these missions are oh, yeah. completed. 100%. I don't know what this story is about. I gotta fly around in this chopper, just shoot the machine guns. Dude, there was these <laughs>
2: hacks where you could hack the stock market and just get make a million dollars in ten seconds. <laughs> I used to do that all the time, dude. Just, gotta just, just buy houses, market. yeah, just dude. Just hit the market and fuck it up. Because <laughs> there was this contract. Not there's this contract where I think there's some insurance company and then you go murder this guy that's in charge of the company Mm -hmm. and then you fucking sell all your stock or you buy it or something like that Okay, and you just make all your money. Oh. Did it every time. Worked every time. Right to the gun store. Yeah, dude. Right every time, dude. Yeah. Only you can do that in real life. Yeah. (laughs) Not murder anyone, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) <laughs> you, 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 can, you
0: can try. Yeah, I you're guess Guatemalans like, might be able to get you. You're out right. you right,
2: dude. You're you're, right, where's dude. your Raul's at, dude? Hit my Raul's up. Yeah. My yeah,
0: Raul's. I
2: I really think
1: this theory of mine can take get legs. All right. Like we got to make sure people know the deal. We got to get in front of. The it right started people. as a joke, but the more you think about it, you're like, there's some validity to this statement. It could be. Put that respect on the name, dude.
2: Yeah, but we, you know we got to keep it on deal.
1: I'm going to blow – it's going to be – we're going to have a – what's it called? A whistleblower? Mm. How do you say that in Spanish? I don't know. A Whistleblower?
2: Whistleblower. Yeah, dude. I <laughs> wish we knew how to say that in Spanish
1: because that's what –
2: Well, a whistle would be a, a pito a and pito. then blower, soplador, So, <laughs> soplador de pito or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Dude. Gonna yeah, dude. Going to call them all out. Yeah, there you go. Going
3: to yeah. have a
1: bunch of – what's that guy's name that went to Moscow, Russia?
2: What
3: guy? Like,
1: snowden oh snowden uh, yeah, yeah. dude had like what would be like a last name like snowden in spanish don't you i know you can't translate that to spanish it's a name but like what would like a spanish version of that name be like damn like a real like nerdy ass last name
2: probably like a, a gonzalez yeah i don't know i feel like Gonz- gonzalez Gonzales is a nerdy one
1: i feel I like so. gonzalez is the name i would throw on like all names <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like gonzalez is miller
2: Miller, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, dude. See, or De La
1: Cruz. Know. Yeah, yeah, Raúl De La Cruz. De La Cruz. <laughs> He's gonna blow the <laughs> lid off this joint, dude. <laughs> That's gonna be my my insider name. Raúl Dela Cruz. Yeah, when I when I <laughs> get I, when I get like
2: inducted
1: into the Templar.
2: Yeah, you'll get knighted with a tortilla or They're something. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, you just like Whack me on each shoulder yeah, With a tortilla You and hear you the like, flap Raul The
1: Cruz yeah. Yeah. You are now a Guatemalan citizen <laughs> yeah. Yo bro Dude I'm getting
2: in Yo I'm telling that got it Once yeah. I'll hook you up What are you saying I gotta like get divorced And not No I'm just saying You they, have any cousins No I'm not saying that like at like all a old lady <laughs> No dude Ariel could come too bro
1: Yeah what would Ariel's name be like Is Ariel a Spanish name Or like is there No
2: it's not yeah. I don't think so I don't I've never known a Guatemala and Ariel. The funny thing is
1: Ariel's maiden name is Del Garcia. And oh, there's really? there's a trash truck company around here called Del Garcios. And like every time I see the truck, it's like a smaller trash company, but every time I see the truck and Ariel's in the car, I was like, dude, that is your family. She's like, That's not Italian. That is Spanish. That is a completely wrong last name. And I'm like, Yeah, dude, Del Garcia's. Del García. She's like, it's not even spelled the same. I'm like, Yeah, but the letter's cursive. You it's can't really of, tell. Yeah, you squint just, just just say you're trash goddess. Like There you go. Yeah, trash empire. Yeah, waste <laughs> management. Yeah. Your parents farted something. You know what, I'm saying? what if your last name was Waste Management?
2: That's a tough last name. Yo, Mar, Waste Management. That's a tough yeah. last
1: name. Be like, bro. oh, are you in the trash business? Be like, nah, no relation.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not affiliated. Don't
3: know. <laughs>
1: what do you think, when getting back to the rubbing is racing, what aspect of this business is like the rubbing is racing version of making tables Uh. because these, like you have so much equipment and things like that. I, I, there's gotta be some sort of treacherous part of this whole process. But that's acceptable. If someone, Is it yeah, the losing I mean, resin? <laughs> losing <laughs> resin, that's,
0: that's the equivalent of a full-blown crash. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if someone if someone treated, if, if like, an employee treated uh, the tools in the shop the way I treated those race cars, <laughs> that would be a problem. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, so uh, why are these chisels so blunt? <laughs> <laughs> like, all your chisels are just turned into spoons.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, because this is a real big difference between racing cars and making fine furniture.
0: Yeah, it's totally different. And I was doing it while I was racing. It's just, why would I ever talk about, you know, like me going home and woodworking while I was racing? I, it it was just like my creative outlet. I think I mentioned this last time on the podcast, like it was just something that, um, it was just always there for me. It was, it was, it it was almost the yin to the yang. Like it was, it was totally opposite to racing. And that's why I liked it so much. Cause I could just go home at the time I was just doing it in my dad's wood shop that he had. So I, I mean, I wasn't even, um, you know, uh, like I was living in Miami for four years. I'd go home, visit my parents for a week and I'd spend like, you know, multiple of those days, just making something in the shop there. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it was just always something that was like uh, a creative outlet. I had artists in the family. I had no skills with a paintbrush or a pencil. Um, This was my sort of artistry. So um, wood always made sense to me. And now I'm teaching myself metal. I I think that'd be an interesting thing to like involve in our, in our work uh, in the future. Going to need a bigger shop. Going to need a bigger shop. We're already out of space and we finished the construction like six months ago. Mm. It's probably, you're
1: going to say like you've put so much work into this place. I, you, like, you would never leave here.
0: Yeah, we have space out back. We have a pole barn that we're, um, an old pole barn that is <laughs> super unsafe to be in. Um, it's falling apart. I'm really hoping it falls apart. El Nino year, you know, who knows? Yeah, dog. Um, we'll cut it out after. So, oh, Insurance yeah. companies won't listen this far in. It's got nothing to do with <laughs> me. I'm just hoping it snows a lot. <laughs> this is above the book here. I mean, it's... um. Yeah, so but anyways, we're going to we'll expand into that when we need the space. Would
1: you ever make a snowboard out of wood? Uh yeah. Yeah. I um cuz it's just honestly it's resin with just like the fiberglass inside Yeah, right? I'm
0: making a skateboard right now.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Is that the one with the black epoxy? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Is it finally getting like I saw it in the mold. Yeah, so I mean, it's
0: out of the mold, it's been prepped, now we basically have to kind of sculpt it into
1: getting the dips. Is it gonna are you gonna shred? Yeah, I'm it? gonna
0: see if it breaks or not, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. Do you still skate? I, I mean super casually. I, I I mean like when I was when I was living in Miami, I would longboard everywhere. It was something I really loved doing. I did it at college. Um and then when I was younger I would just like skateboard skate. And uh, I was on the rollerblade kick for a little bit, going over to skate three sixty if you remember we, that spot. I think
1: we call those people fruit
0: booters. Yeah, I'm I'm a retired fruit booter. <laughs> 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 but um I'll skate sometimes. I'm not that good. I just I just enjoy it. I like snowboarding a lot more actually. So um Yeah, we were talking uh, about definitely going snowboarding. Yeah.
1: I'm trying to get a trip together. Yeah, let's do it.
0: I'm
2: down. You're,
1: you're the only other person that's been invited. <laughs> you're invited, of course, <laughs> but
2: I don't snowboard, but I'll I yeah. feel
1: like you're into like tubing and cooking. Yeah, we'll get you a tube. I'll tube,
2: yeah, <laughs> dude. I'll fucking do that. I'll sit down. Andrew will drag you on, yeah. the, on his snowboard. Yeah, i will sit down and enjoy the snow. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean
1: that's okay. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, we could just, like, be your dogs. (laughs) Sure.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, that could actually be a thing, like two synchronized snowboarders pulling a dude on a tube. Might get you kicked off a mountain, but it'd be make a cool video if you got, like, a drone. I'd
2: be pissed if I got kicked
0: off. What about the snow uh, – are they called snow scooters? What are they? They're like – uh, they're, like they're like skis. The, you don't know talk about the bikes with the the skis though. Yeah, and then
1: you wear the bitch blades to yeah. like help you. Yeah. Turn. Wait,
2: what? Those yeah, exist. We'll,
0: we'll get you bitch blades. Holy shit! I'll try yeah. the bitch
1: blades. Bitch blades are like rollerblades. The ski world.
2: <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> you <laughs> just like
1: they just like such short like blades. You can't really do anything safe with them. No. I mean, you can do like little stunts and stuff, mm-hmm. but dude, if you pull on some bitch blades, you go like do some real skiing.
0: Yeah, like, but you're, you're sitting kind of on like day. almost uh, like a. Uh, yeah, it, it's literally like a scooter with a seat, but instead of wheels, they're little skis, and then you've got more skis on your feet. And you're just like, <laughs> I've seen people on mountain. Ride. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it looks yeah. crazy. The first time I saw them. I think them. they had brakes, though.
1: Wait, did you throw like an anchor?
0: No, I think it like drops like a little, yeah, it's kind of like a little anchor. It's like a little black I thing think, that dude, goes. We should get a couple behind. of these and do some racing. Yeah, it actually let's, sounds let's like fun. Let's figure it out this winter. Or yeah. Some rubbing.
2: That sounds like Yeah, a yeah. yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> you like going fast, right? get my adrenaline going <laughs> so
1: so technically if like rubbing is racing and i just thought about this is a math equation right technically instead of saying like i'm going racing you could just say i'm going rubbing
3: because
1: mm. rubbing is racing yeah I, so I it's I, interchangeable where it's like
2: rubbing equals racing
1: what if you made like a whole line of t-shirts that just say like rubbing which just like race cars on and people like what mm. I don't know. Yeah, could be potential
0: something. if 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 you painted a nice picture with it. Uh, otherwise, if you're just hey, telling nice someone you're going picture. to rub one, it's not it's not great. <laughs> yeah, it's you, you rubbing. Me and my friend, me and my friends
1: are going to rub in this. Yeah. What do you me, mean? Me,
0: Whoa! Me and, the boy, me and the boys are going to rub. Hard yeah, there this you weekend. go. Yeah, He's yeah. A second. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like if there's any community that should just refer to thing as rubbing instead of racing, it's the drift car scene. Yeah, like they like think they race, but it's not racing. No, that's
0: more like. Um, how do I say this without disrespecting them? Because I have a, I have a lot of respect for them, um, but it's more like uh, God. This is only going to come off disrespectful. It's kind of like figure skating. <laughs> 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 it's, it's it's like because uh, it's more of like an art. Like you're, it's all about. I mean, they they're. they're, they're it is fig. It's like synchronized. It has nothing swimming. to do with who finishes first. Like it's just so irrelevant. I mean, it it's time trialed, but it's mostly about like your style points on. On the, the, like how difficult was your slide yeah, and how absolutely. smooth was it? Did you hit
1: the zone, the designated zones yeah, and yeah. stuff like that? Yeah. That's real interesting. It's
0: tough to do, but it's, it's not racing. It's, have it's you different. ever,
1: have you ever like, I mean, you've raced cars. So like you've obviously drifted like, cause if you're not barely sideways, like you're kind of not racing. Hard so enough. when
0: you're racing, you don't want to slide at all. Mm. Believe it or not. As soon as you start sliding, although it feels way faster, it's way slower. If you want to, you want to be on the limit where like when we're racing at the absolute limit of what a car can do, you can actually feel the rubber, which heats up a lot. It's much more than like a car, you know, a car that you're driving on the road where you're never going to feel this. But when you really lean into a car through a corner, you can feel the rubber like ripping off the road as, as it's like cornering and barely holding on. So you can start to feel it rip. And that's that really thin line between going a little bit too slow and sliding. And mm-hmm. that little, you know, perfect little zone there is is the fastest way you can possibly drive.
2: And that's why they would switch Dang. out tires, like hard, soft tire. Yeah, we and all we that.
0: would go through a set of tires every hour.
2: Yeah. Dang, dude. Jeez. that yeah. The F one knowledge. Shredding Sheesh. tires.
0: <laughs> How much is a
1: set of tires for a car like that?
0: Oh my god. Um. Expensive. It was. Um. I think. I think. I think there were like three grand a set.
1: Jeez. 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 I <laughs> wish we had a cha-ching. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that for now. What
1: is that? Oh, it's a bomb?
0: Yeah,
2: it's <laughs> a bomb. Nice. It's yeah, a it's shotgun. A, I think it's
1: a <laughs> shotgun. I mean, it's it could a a be a bomb. could be a bomb. Yeah, bombs are, that's a sensitive subject these days.
2: Yeah, you know what? It's just a shotgun.
1: Shotguns are fine. Yeah. 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 Exactly.
2: <laughs> we have little whistles.
1: What, um, as far as like metal work goes, are you, like, what are you, what are you trying to do with that? I'm like, starting Honestly, slow. once you start getting into metal work, like. Then it's like, where do you stop? I see us. I
0: mean, I, I just want to know enough to have an educated conversation when we, actually hire somebody on to do it. Mm-hmm. It's it's it's. I'm not I'm not planning on doing a lot myself. I mean, I made the. I taught myself to weld on the metal sign we made out front, mm. and now I'm converting the back of our shop truck into a flatbed, uh, which is requiring a lot of welding <laughs> and. Um, Uh, it's just, it's just starting with that. I'm getting a base knowledge and then eventually I'm hoping sometime next year we can set up a small metal shop and have one person, um, run that for us and, and just be able to do like more intricate bases, more like, you know, copper or brass inlays and stuff and kind of just open the door into being able to do more things. Where do
1: you get, where do you get your metal bases and stuff right now from?
0: Uh, well, we make them, but we well, we design them, and then we have a company make them in batches because when we acquired Jeffrey Green Design Studio, he had probably 20 different base designs that he had designed, and most of them are, like, cast out of aluminum, so we have molds made, mm. and um, so we make those in batches, and then we just store them, and then when a customer orders a table with one of these, say, 20 options... We'll take the ba- base out. We'll prep it, which basically means sand it smooth, mm-hmm. and then get it powder coated.
1: What's, well, like, the ordering process like then? Do you have, like, is it very streamlined now? or Because I see you posting about, like, the different slabs that you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have so much downstairs that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. But, like, yeah. what's your sales process like?
0: Yeah, I mean, most of our leads um, are either through interior designers who send us, uh, it's usually some sort of architectural drawing or, or sketch or design of what they want exactly, and then it's up to us to figure out how to execute that and find a piece of wood, that if necessary, that matches the style. Um, and then on the other side, you see us posting, like, available slabs that we have on social media and on the website. We get a lot of leads for the website through for, like, individual people. Hopefully, when we launch our new website um, next month, uh, we'll get even more of that. And that's just, um, I mean, someone inquires, like, what the sales process will be, I guess, is the best way to answer this question. When we have a new website, you'll be able to actually go on the website, build your own table. So, see our available slab inventory. We have these proprietary base designs. So, like, oh, well, let me see, you know, this this slab, oh, I like that slab, okay, let me see this base design, no, 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 this base design, go through 10 more if you'd like, change the color on the base into exactly what you want, you can tint the top, you can, you know, how many people are going to sit at this top, well, maybe I want to cut it a little shorter, maybe I want to slide up extension table, we give all these options, um, so a client would be able to just, I mean, if they didn't want to talk to anybody. And they wanted to co- totally hands off. They'd be able to go through the whole process on, on their the own on the new on
1: the new website on the new website, and mm-hmm. that'll that'll launch next month. That um, sounds that sounds intense.
2: Have you seen this yet? Uh, he showed me some screenshots. It's freaking sick. It's yeah. amazing. We've been
0: working on it all summer. Actually, mm-hmm. probably more than that. Yeah, because I feel like you talked to me about that a while ago. We've been working on it nonstop since, and it's it's something that, like, for us, you know, in this industry. The barrier to entry for someone that wants a piece from a company either us or someone adjacent to us is is really like It's a high barrier to entry if if you wanted to get the table that we're sitting at right now Like where do, if you had this idea that I wanted to get this table, where do you go? Like if you're if you're, you know uh, Somebody random who doesn't know me or know somebody or know of a company that does this they specifically
1: would, They would either where do you Like go? try and do it themselves Maybe if they're handy, which, which like a handy, like I know tons of people. When we used to make furniture and stuff, people all the time that I was friends with would be like, "Look at this thing I just made." I'm like, "Cool, dude, you made a bookshelf, and it looks like it might be from IKEA." <laughs> like, with no offense, like I'm cool. You assembled this, but like, what would I? I mean, you're leaps and bounds above where we were when we stopped doing it. But I know what goes in to these pieces, and now it makes a lot of sense that you would invest the time into a website like that because, like you said, Mm -hmm. the barrier to entry, it is really difficult, and I remember the struggle of like feeling like the customer wasn't trusting Mm -hmm. what they were getting, or some customers would just be like, yeah, whatever you want, which is also really stressful Mm -hmm. because it's like, yeah, but what if you don't like what I put together kind of a thing? So you think that website the, the time invested and money invested in that website, do you think that will have, like, a large impact? like
0: Yeah, I mean, we're hoping that it, it you know, up-levels the amount of work that we're able to do, um, you know, considerably. I mean, I hope it adds quite a few more projects per month, um, and we have the space that so we can add additional woodworkers on in order to absorb that additional um, run rate, but we... You know, here's the thing: is if if you wanted a table today, and you live anywhere but Bucks County or somewhere within drivable reach of our our, of our office, um, the process right now today, which is how it's been and is the same for every other competitor of ours, is you email back and forth with our office, or maybe you call in. But either way, it's most of it goes over email back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Here they. available slab options you can you know getting all the information about what they're trying to do what's their style do you have reference photos when you're doing custom work you're building something ground up and so much stuff just gets lost in translation and if we can paint a picture that is you know a table think think i'm going on bmw website and i want to build my next bmw That's the experience it's going to be where you're going on, you're building your custom table. These slabs are constantly new. It's never the same, you know, maybe we have 20 slabs on now that are available. It's going to be a totally different 20 slabs if you come back in a month and a half. And it's always it's always different. All the base options are there, and we're the only place you can find these. We're gonna have other options that are just like our designs made out of wood as well. So there's 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 kind of options for everybody.
1: Is and that gonna alleviate the demand on your sales staff? That's one of the biggest parts
0: right now. They'll spend so much time emailing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I've and witnessed it. You,
1: it, she, you, she I feel was bad for she them. was emailing like while you were pouring tables. Yeah, she was asking about que- like other people's jobs. Mm. And being like, oh, can I send this picture? Like, I need to, right. I need to move this p- piece around. I'll take a picture of it again. Mm-hmm. Like, it was kind of, I started to see or get a glimpse. I'm like, wow. You, one piece of furniture could take just as many email interactions as someone remodeling like a large portion of their home. It's ridiculous. And, and I was kind of like, damn, this is really <laughs> demanding communication. I feel bad because, I mean, you know, the only
0: reason um, our office manager, Lisa, isn't here working right now, I, I, you know, honestly, is because I told her you have to leave so we can film this podcast. Because <laughs> otherwise, she'll just stay late mm-hmm. and be working till like seven o'clock at night, and then she's back in at seven in the morning. I mean, they, um, you is know, is that they, just
1: because she cares that much? She loves it, but and we're
0: very, again, very lucky to have staff that are willing to commit that. But it's um, from my side, I wouldn't be doing a good job as as the owner of the company if I didn't put in efforts. You know. Um, one, to, to alleviate all the work that the staff is doing. I want them to be able to work, you know, smarter, not harder. You know, let's have a more efficient system so you can use your skills in a, in a, a more efficient way instead of just trying to burn the hours as much as you can. Um, it doesn't last for anybody, and it's just going to burn you out. It's going to make you lose the passion for what you have. Mm. Um, and also, you know, for our side and, and, f- well, and for my side as wanting to grow the company, I'd have to have, you know, three times as high as my office that I do now if I want to hit any of the goals that I have. So if we can, you know, a lot of people, by the way, when they, when they reach out and I know I'm the same way, if I wanted to get something custom, if I had a way of doing it without ever talking to anybody and I could do it in a complete way where I felt like I got all the information, all my questions were answered and I was able to design something that I know this is a one of one piece and it's only going to be me because this slab is only available right now. And there's gonna be new stuff down the road and if nothing's speaking to me right now, let me just check back in a couple weeks and it's gonna be something different, I'm sure. Um, That's a really exciting process for a lot of people and you can do that from anywhere in the world and if you do want involvement. On your time. Yeah, you can do it on your time, you know, in bed in the middle of the night browsing instead of on social media, you know, oh, I need a new table for the living room and let's figure it out. Um, So it, it just seemed like an obvious solution that didn't exist in the industry already.
1: Do you think Lisa or you and Lisa will encourage people to kind of go to the website rather than doing the communication? Or do you think you'll still like the people that reach out? Because sometimes when you talk to people like remodelers or Mm -hmm. different businesses, once they develop a funnel like that, the goal is to push that funnel. So, like, with remodelers like, like Gilmar and I know, a lot of them have systems set up which make a lot of sense where it's, like, no matter what, you go through the funnel. Mm. And if you don't go through the funnel, we don't do business. <laughs> and I try mm. I try to adhere to that model, but I find with my customers, I think that my customers are a lot like, are, mm. it's probably very similar if not the same demographic. I would agree. Um, they want... They want the information available to them very seamlessly, which is, like, the software we use. Mm -hmm. But they also want you to pick up your phone and speak to them about, like, some random nuance that, like, you don't even really need to talk about. They're just checking in. Yeah. And I know a lot of companies don't do that. So what is, like, your your take on that? I mean,
0: when you're in the high-end custom world, you have to have options for all these solutions. Like, if if some clients are not going to want to be, like, if it was me, I wouldn't want to... If I didn't have to talk to somebody, I would rather just work through the process on myself, but that's me and I'm not the same as everybody else in the world. So there's people that, you know, really want to get your opinion the whole way through and kind of have you hold their hand. There's people that want a little bit of input, whatever somebody wants, we'll be there for it. If they want to do it over email, we'll do it. We don't have any problem with it. We've done plenty of it. Um, but so the
1: website's an enhancement to the sales process, totally an
0: enhancement. And also it's, it's a great resource because even if you want to place the order and design something with us, you know, we have a TV right behind our desk that will open up the website, for example, and show and kind of build the table together. If they're in person, interior designers can use this as a resource with their clients. So they can say, Oh, you, you know, we're designing this, this space for you. Um, we really need, you know, a, a dining table for this area and, You know, on Paramount's website, you can design something. Let's get at least an idea of what you want to do. And they can sit down with their client and design a piece straight from us. They can reserve it on there. We'll give interior designers the ability to hold stuff while the client decides. Um, And I think it's a great resource, not just for our relationship direct with clients, but also other people. Like, you know, you can almost think of interior designers in a lot of ways like salespeople for us where we have a relationship with the interior designer, and then they have their clients and their projects that they're working on, and we're just there to, to work alongside them.
1: How, how important are like the interior design relationships to you right now? Super important.
0: I mean, it, it helps get us into new demographics that aren't familiar with our product. Um, I prioritize having good relationships with interior designers, and it's also um, important to recognize what interior designers don't mesh with what we do. Because we have a specific style, and if someone wanted to make something that was very, you know, maybe ultra modern or or su- something, you know, um, that we didn't think uh, was in line with our our design vision and what we wanna uh, want to represent our company. We've strayed away from certain designers, but in general, most interior designers that reach out to us, they've already done that vetting and we agree when we look at their portfolio, it's something that's totally in line and we can make some cool stuff here.
1: I definitely think like, you know, when people go to vote, they all post about like this, the sticker says I vote I've noticed a trend of designers or design personnel like posting that they're here. It's oh like, it's not, yeah, it's it coming coming yeah. to dude you it's recognize cool. it yeah it's that's got to feel pretty yeah. cool yeah. that like people are now like I, I forget who it started with but someone i think it's someone i know because they like knew i i was friends with you or something mm. like that or i brought you up and i was like yeah you gotta go check that place out and then i just started slowly now i'm seeing designers that I don't even, i don't even know yeah post and being like oh man like check this out it's, and i'm like that's that's having like been friends with you all this time. Like, I'm like, that's awesome. Like yeah. you're now like a checkpoint on designers, like social media. They got to like check in and say that, <laughs> say that they've seen the showroom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's yeah,
0: really it's, cool. It, yeah, yeah, it's I cool. mean, it's, it's really cool for us. Cause we, we get sort of confirmation that it's not just us that like what we make, but some other people like it too. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we love it when interior designers stop by.
1: I think you have like a really great team and you, you, you have a personality about you that's, like, very, um, like, welcoming, I guess. Or just very eager to, like, please. And, like, you're very passionate about what you're doing. So, like, all that kind of meshes together to, like, this kind of, um, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to call it. I don't want to say it. Um, it's like you, you have a lot of desirable characteristics about yourself that people want to be around. Like, you have the vibe. I we got the vibe? Call it, we call it the juice yeah, or the sauce. Sauce.
2: The, the sauce is Raul, forever.
1: Raul, Raul yeah, that's right. <laughs> sauce is forever. Juice yeah. is temporary, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you, you definitely mm. have juice and sauce. I have both. I think so so. Juicy sauce. Juice and sauce. <laughs> Juicy <laughs> sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got you it. You got both. You oh, got, like, yeah. the short-term vibe, and you're setting yourself up for, like, long-term growth, whereas, um, at least from, like, my experience doing this, there's a lot of people that try and not a lot of people that have like the, the thought process behind what you're doing mm-hmm. here. Yeah. I mean, there's a so many bit people of that, that w- are like, we want to make slab furniture. And yeah. I'm like,
0: okay. <laughs> For me, a little bit of that was in the early days we were talking about, I was general contracting a little bit. I was, um, I was trying to figure out what my lane was. Even when I got into furniture and said, okay, I'm not general contract. I'm focusing on furniture. I was, I started off doing like more economic kind of furniture because that's what would sell and we we, it was easy to get those jobs and as I kind of played around and kind of what wanted our focus to be um, making high-end using exotic materials like really just kind of pushing all in and trying to make the coolest stuff we possibly can the most unique stuff um, that's what got us excited excited about it we weren't trying to chase some some market that we did research on. We're like, okay, here's an opportunity. Let's make money here. We just wanted to make cool stuff. And we're very fortunate that other people agree that what we are doing is cool and that it's um it's getting received in the way that we receive our own stuff. You know, um and I think that's the important part about most any business working is is you want to make something that you personally are like truly passionate about. And you're not just doing it because you think it's going to make you some money the money will come if you make a good product Mm -hmm. and you, and you have a good reputation and and you treat people well. Um, That's, that's where, you know, we, we orient all of our focus.
1: That's why I definitely think we, the silicon, like we make art, not furniture holds true. Now that I've seen, you know, a lot of your product, it's furniture, but even this table, for instance, like, Mm. It is all furniture, but there, like, you could, that slab over there, you could hang that up on the wall without the table base, and yeah. be like, that's a piece of artwork on the yeah. wall, like, the, the light fixture you have at the front door, mm. like, it's all, um, like, you're definitely true to the brand.
0: By the way, I'm going to make a prediction now. I don't know why this hasn't been a thing forever, but doing wall art, like, the way that I think we do it, um, is I think that's going to be a trend in the future. I think that's going to be the coolest way to decorate your home is to get some crazy exotic piece of wood that has whatever, you know, obscure shape, or you got to kind of pick them specifically. You can't just throw a piece of wood up on the wall and call it, you know, wall art. Mm. Um, but when you pick the right stuff and you display it in the right way, man, that is like truly art to me. What is that piece of wood that's up there? That's a buckeye burl. So that's that's a root burl that grew on a buckeye tree in Northern California. So all the voids and everything that are on it. Um, hopefully we can pop like a little picture up or something. I don't know, but um, it, it,
1: it's so cool. You kind of have to see it. Man, you have to come to the, the showroom. Screw this picture, we're not making. Yeah,
3: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Don't>, <laughs> you you want to be a trendsetter? Yeah. You want to be part of the Illuminati? <laughs> you got to come in and see the showroom. Pull I'm up. not. I'm not posting pictures. <laughs> <laughs> making it easy for people. But 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 it's crazy because we can't it's such it.
0: an alien looking piece of wood, and mm. and that's the kind of like you won't see us just cranking out wall art. But when we find something where it has a lot of voids or something, it's not really usable as a surface. And yeah, you could probably cast it in resin and make it more usable as a surface we do that often but some pieces are just obviously need to just be hung on a on a wall and uh i don't know why it's not a a, hasn't been a trend but we're we're trying to make it a trend because i've got you know multiple pieces up in my place Mm -hmm. and um I uh, give them as gifts and people freak out over them. I think it's the coolest thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely really cool because I get what you mean by, like, maybe not a usable surface. Mm. I guess you could fill that whole thing with resin. Yeah. But then it's kind of like, eh, that's a lot of resin <laughs> at a certain point. Like, it's, like, it's more resin than wood kind yeah, of a thing. For sure. Um, I remember when we made our conference room table. You remember that thing? Yeah. Like, we got a lot of shit for, like, it had, like, one, I don't know what this is, like, a branch that stuck out the side. Mm. So like the table wasn't square yeah. and the conversation we were like debating is like, do we cut our conference room table Mm-mm. to make it square? And I refused to. <laughs> and eventually everybody just adapted to the fact that like somebody had to sit a little slightly out, a little different. Like mm. it was such a cool piece. Um, And our conference room table was actually a mistake table. Like we made a table for a customer and they didn't like oh, it, yeah. so we kept it as our conference room table. That. That's right. <laughs> I was like, that was a really expensive mistake. So when people be like, oh, did you make this? I'm like, yeah.
3: <laughs> By axe
1: The kid you're ashamed of, the one you keep in the Oops. basement. That. That's why That's why I have an appreciation for, like, there's, there's a decent amount of ambiguity when you're doing, like, the resin pours that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because what happened with that table that we made was the resin didn't come out. The color or like the trans it might have been the transparency there was something about the black resin that the customer was like that's not what I asked for Mm -hmm. that's tough yeah
0: yeah with the resin stuff I mean especially when you're trying to color match to what a customer wants even if you do a sample like we mix resin in five gallon buckets when we when we pour it when you do a sample it would be insane to mix up five gallons that's a thousand dollars of resin raw material cost so it would be crazy to mix up five gallons for a sample, and, and you're you're tinting it with with either mica powder or or some sort of high um, like density uh, tinting, like trans tint or something really really um, pure tint, and you're putting little drops in, and you tint it based on volume, mm. so you can scale it up and down, sure, but you know it might take. You know, a tablespoon of mica powder in a five-gallon bucket to accomplish the the color, but like, how do you sample that in a small piece? So it's all by eye, really. And um, uh, if we're doing samples for a client, and and at the point, like, we always put out a disclosure, like, we want you to understand it's gonna be close, but I can't. If you hold the two next to each other at the end, I can't guarantee it's gonna be the same because this is like literally the the part in our whole creation that is the most like art, you know, where we're we actually trying a to get small a close. Thing.
1: And scale it up mm-hmm. visually with like your, like if you took a little s- sample, like it's like yeah. a paint swatch.
0: And also if something's an inch thick and mm. you use the same tint, the same, like if, if say you've got something that's an inch thick and it's 20% tran- transparent, make that two inches thick, still 20% transparent. It's going to let through less light. So if you, if you have something that's, you know, this uh, I wish I had a sample right here and I could show you. But if you had something that's uh, you know a certain color, if just you were to the do that to the camera, yeah, and we could <laughs> actually. That, but but, it, but if, if you have something that's you know this dark and you're and and you want to you know do the same exact tint, but make it, you don't know, want a piece that's twice as thick, it's going to look way darker. It's just how it works. So everything's different. The sample would have to be the same thickness as the final product. It's very challenging to get it exact. So we base everything off of trust with the, the clients, we we, we actually, had, now we have to have them sign waivers <laughs> that, that, like, they understand that it won't be exact.
1: Good old waiver form. And uh, for...
0: because, because it's not, it's very, very expensive process to do, so, you know, running the risk of a client saying, well, this is, you know, 2% different color than what we expected, that's within a, you know, reasonable tolerance. If you ask for blue, we're not going to give you red, but it might be, you know, <laughs> within a certain acceptable range of the exact shade of blue you're asking for it's it's we haven't had a problem yet to be honest with you we're i think we're pretty good at matching the colors but it's it's hard like to your point mm. it's really hard to get those colors exact it's and resin you've got one shot like there's no taking color out there's no putting color in after you've poured it either like once it's in those buckets you mix it you pour it it is done you there's Damn. nothing you're gonna do to that resin to change it after you've poured it <laughs>
2: Man, that's rough. You Just
0: wait for it to harden up, come back in a week,
1: and, and, and is sweating right now. He's yeah, stressed. Works.
0: <laughs>
2: was, I remember seeing you guys be a bit stressed okay, out with some of the. Stressed
1: out? out. That, was an absolute, that one table was an absolute nightmare. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I can oh only imagine. God. And dude. when you guys came to watch us pour and you saw that we were doing three tables at three big pours at yeah. once, that was a lot of resin.
1: I still need to edit that footage and put it on YouTube. Yeah, put, that was like cool the, stuff. put the thing in. I was just like. I just haven't had the time. I, I've mm-hmm. looked back at the footage and the picture. Have you looked at it at all?
2: No, I can't find the folder.
1: Damn. What am I going to do with you?
2: Doing? I don't know, dude. Send so me the link to the folder. Yeah, in the folder. <laughs> dude, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't found it. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, but well, back to the, the whole art part. I mean, when when I showed up, you were telling me the history behind this table. Yeah. And I that that's what I find the most interesting and impressive about what you do is that you find these exotic species of woods, but it's it's not as if you're taking them down; they're already down. So you're yeah. repurposing them. You're instead of letting them die, mm-hmm. you reuse them. I mean, can I don't know if you know the history behind this table, but can you let them know about it? Because I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah,
0: it's um it's crazy actually. So this table, um, probably four years ago, I had a roommate for a short period of time that came up and stayed at my place, and um, named Seth, and he was from Atlanta, Georgia. His grandfather owned a uh, mechanic shop in Atlanta. Worked there forever. He had, if you don't mind, I'm going to use my phone here and show
1: you. Yeah,
0: rock with it. Show you a picture. It paints the picture pretty well. Um,
1: Let's see. So we had. Where is it? Is the metal the metal bars okay. on the edge of that is that intentional yeah so okay. the, the the picture will kind of describe it
0: so um uh this was used as a workbench this table and it was used as a workbench for um, about 30 plus years um they were painting on it there were it was grease there was grime there's everything on it um and he, he his grandfather had passed they were clearing out his his shop um They asked uh, Seth if he wanted this. That's like, I I don't know. It looks like a big chunk of wood. I don't know what it is. I don't have anything to do with wood. I don't, I'm not interested. He was asking me at the same time. He's like, hey, I'm coming up to stay at your place for um, a few months. Do you want to, uh, do you want this piece of wood that I've just been given? And this is what it looked like originally. I'll send that to you guys. It's it's crazy. It's just a piece of wood. It's (laughs) just a piece of wood with like, just shit covered all over it, and, like caked on. It was a thick layer, at least a quarter inch thick. Yeah, we hit. cleaned all that off.
1: <laughs> see that?
0: We we cleaned all that off, and it, and it, you know, it showed this, which is insane. This is elm, which is almost. I mean, it's it's basically extinct now, uh, certainly in that area, and it's a relatively small tree. You can see the tr- the main tree in the middle, and um, a burl on either side. It's it's a rare occurrence to have a burl on both sides um, of such a small tree, especially this big. And so is it this it was insane?
1: Is this the vertical part of the tree? Like it would mm-hmm. be standing up if exactly. you stood it up? Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So the, the grain that
0: looks relatively normal in the middle there, that's the normal part of the tree. Wow. So you guys just
1: happened to like happen across this piece of wood.
0: This was just by chance, just coincidences in life brought this one in.
1: I wonder if like people are watching this right now. Just being like, oh, I got that piece of wood in the garage. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. Yeah. somebody like sanding a two by four.
2: It's gonna be great, honey. It'll be something. I'm I'm just, gonna, I swear. Just yeah, like, just like, no, t- no, power tools there. <laughs> it's just an old
1: two by four, dude. That's, that's um, that's really
3: cool. Yeah.
1: So
0: a lot of the pieces that come in have a story, but um, you know, the one thing we never work with is tree farms. They don't support any natural habitats. They grow trees. They cut them down, they grow them as fast as possible. They cut them down. Um, you know, although every, every, every slab that we get in or every piece of wood we get into our shop has been taken down or has fallen of natural causes. It's either been taken down for, you know, some totally irrelevant reason to why we're needing it. Um, you know, maybe it was falling uh, about the fall or it was in the way of, um, you know, like... Uh, like we have it often in, in cities. If they're doing construction, they have to remove trees so that the, you know, um, uh, like if, if they're putting up a building or something and then they have to move out some, some trees from the sidewalk. We've had a couple of those coming in from, from Philadelphia, like on Walnut Street. Um, uh, it's, it's always a different story. and So Philly wood? Yeah, a little Philly wood. We have a lot of Bucks County wood. Mm. Um, and then a, a lot of our exotics come um, either from the West Coast or uh, we get a lot from Africa um yeah kind of all over the place
1: yeah i remember it was cool when i was partnered with mike manzo we had um a towable wood miser mm. so we could cut oh sl- yeah we cuts sl- yeah. sl- we'd drive out places and cut slabs and then cool. we built the kiln to dry out the wood because we made the mistake of like talking to different tree companies mm. and they were just dropping wood off at our shop they would be like hey we have like this massive piece of walnut yeah. that way and then we didn't have a forklift that was ours we'd like borrow one but there was they would show up and drop pieces of wood that we were like how are we gonna get this onto the saw <laughs> be like Jeez. how is this piece of wood gonna fit on the saw <laughs> and the whole model when we were working together was we were going to take that's like kind of how the name part of the the name revival um was like our goal was to and, and we were successful at it it just didn't The model didn't work. Um, We were taking properties that we were renovating, and there were properties that got furniture Mm. from wood that was cut down from trees on the property. Oh, yeah. So once that started happening, we're like, well, we could just call tree companies and just get the wood. Like if somebody cuts down a walnut tree, just bring it by us. We'll slab it up, let it air dry for a period of time, and then we'll put it in the kiln and make furniture. And the problem was we were doing that, building cabinets, so remodeling, much. building houses. Like we were doing three separate businesses at once. And that was kind of like the first business that kind of got cut.
0: Yeah. It's the type of business that you either have to push all in on or not at all. I mean, it's, it's, uh, and, and, and by the way, the the whole sort of sentimental aspect of someone losing a tree and then turning into furniture has been super popular for us. We just finished a piece you know, the tornadoes that came through, what was it, two years ago? Oh, yeah. um, Did a lot of damage around here, and we had a customer in Doylestown that lost a copper beech tree. It was super special to her. Been growing there forever, Um, and uh, we took it. We dried it. Copper beech is not a wood you typically work with at all in woodworking. It's very brittle wood. Crumbles very easily when it's dried, and, and also it cracks and pitches, but knowing that She, this was special to her. We milled it in a way where we kept it thicker knowing we're going to need to remove more in order to get a flat surface. We took some stabilizing precautions and we were able to turn out, um, a table for, for her, uh, her kitchen that is stunning and, uh, and it'll last her forever. And it's kind of a way for, I mean, she was in tears when we delivered it to her, um, because she was so connected to this tree before it was so important. It was the biggest tree right in front of her, of her home. And, uh, and she had actually in the time that it took to dry and us to make the piece, um, she had planted and they were fails where the, the tree had died, um, two or three different trees in that time. So she was just like so devastated that she had lost this big tree and none of these other trees were working. And then we got the table for her. She was crying and she was so happy. Um, but, I mean, that that's so cool in, in, in a way on how to take something that now is going to be dead and, and, you know, would be wood chipped or just thrown away or whatever, um, maybe made into firewood into something that, you know, she can appreciate it in a different way.
1: Yeah, that is really cool about this part of the country. And then I guess like the Pacific Northwest as well. Mm-hmm. There's just a there's an abundance of tree contractors here. Yeah. So there's no shortage on slabs.
0: We're so lucky. Like it's that, that we're, we're I, I didn't realize how lucky we were when I started the business until I started communicating with other businesses that are in the same sort of, industry or adjacent like industries in the
1: midwest or texas yeah. or the south In a lot of places yeah. like there's no good wood we could build a pine tree table like yeah. it's just not or honestly most other countries
0: like south america there is aren't that many um really solid hardwood options we get some trees from there but they don't have the diversity that we have um you know uh, uh europe's very restricted in, in what they have um it's it's crazy that the Southeast Asian and in um, uh, Southeast Asian um, region has some really great options. But you know, uh, when you talk about biodiversity of trees that are specifically great for woodworking, you have really the Northeast and the Northwest of the US, and yeah. you know, Canada. the connecting Can- Canadian yeah. side. It's it's crazy.
1: I thought he was gonna say Canada. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was high five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Canadians, laughs> right. yeah, dude. They, we know how we feel. Yeah, <laughs> blame Canada. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I never really thought about like the biodiversity dis- on like a global scale. Yeah, that's kind of um, I guess other like in South America you have like the Amazon, mm-hmm. and that has like intense biodiversity, but like the rest of South America, like you have, you know, you just get what you get in those tropical regions and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, a lot of those trees are are really, you know, I think I think something that. And and someone's probably gonna tell me I'm wrong about this, but I think I think what a big contributor is is the very distinct seasons that they have in all three of those regions. Is like we have a very clear summer, a very clear fall, mm-hmm. winter, and spring. And you know when when you put a tree into hibernation and then and then it um, and then it grows through the spring, summer, and fall. It's it's a lot of these trees are growing very slowly and very you know uh, they, they become very dense and. And like, you know, if you look at how a redwood tree grows, it'll grow infinitely times faster than a walnut tree, but the wood is almost useless. Like we have a, a, a redwood burl um, slab in here right now. Um, not much redwood's very usable. It's usually very brittle, very soft, very cracking. Um, and, you know, on the comparison, walnut's like a dream to work with. I mean, it's super hard, but it cuts like butter. It's, it's... Mm. Fantastic. So, yeah, it's we got
1: hardwood in the northeast. Yeah,
0: we got hardwood in the northeast.
3: So,
2: I didn't know wood, that about our, our wood. Our
0: wood goes hard.
1: Yeah, it does, <laughs> right? <laughs> the infinite puns. Yeah, have yeah. you ever been to the redwood
2: forests? We're in Jersey. Nah. No, that's Not fucking pine barrens right? <laughs> Not in Jersey. So bad. Yeah, dude. My bad. Jersey. Redwood I don't know my forest. wood. <laughs> I don't yeah. know my wood, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you know what you're not about? What wood? Yeah, I'm yeah. not about wood. My bad. Yeah, out know. out
1: west in like California, Oregon. Yeah, uh, never more so like Oregon and Washington. There's these these trees, man. Are it's crazy that they're not really that usable. Yeah, I guess they just grow so fast. But and these the red trees are like, massive. You know, there's trees that are like
0: as wide as this room. You could drive a car through a couple of trees and yeah, Cali. there's like tree tunnels.
2: Yeah, and you said they're not that. Strong, they're just soft. I mean, cracking. they're strong
0: enough to hold themselves up a few
1: hundred feet in the air, mm-hmm. but when you like you try to use them for woodworking, typically no.
2: Damn, Not
3: yeah. That
1: great. There's a picture of like my brother or I somewhere in my mom's house standing on a tree that fell, and like we're like like a Lego on top of a tree. Yeah, yeah. It's like super. It's crazy to.
2: So, what can you use that wood for? It's burning it, great firewood. Yeah, mm-hmm. comes up quick.
0: Yeah, I don't know what they use redwood for,
1: honestly. <laughs> what? What's up with you and cum today?
2: What the fuck? No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm
1: We're making wood puns over here. It like lights you. up quick. Yeah, my bad. It lights it. up quick. My bad. Yeah, it grows from yeah. the ground.
2: Yeah, it grows from the ground. It it, it and sucks. <laughs> yeah, man. damn. You look like
1: you would be about wood though. You kind of have like this vibe to you, that yeah, especially you, with that hoodie on. Yeah, yeah the Paramount. Co. <laughs> That's a nice hoodie. It is a nice hoodie. It's currently my favorite hoodie. It's so soft. Every yeah. week on my whiteboard in the office, like I literally have like get more merch, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I it's been on there for eight weeks, yeah, if not more. I just ordered more today, That's, and I just keep yeah. I keep yeah. it keeps getting put on the back burner, and I know come like December or like Christmas time, I love to be like I'm that guy yeah. where I'll like. Give my family company hoodies. And stuff. <laughs> I'll take. It. I'll be like Ariel. Would we get the so and so for Christmas? I'm like, they also get a hoodie. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's <laughs> a great gift. You guys
0: have to use the uh, the the company that I use for the for the shop stuff. Mm. Yeah, you can put it through hell. Those those hoodies. Oh, uh, the, the branded shirts all that. Yeah, the branded yeah. Bills. Nice stuff. We've we we got
3: branded pricey, bills, but it's hats. Worth
2: it. Yeah, we got some branded bill hats. Yeah. We got the hats. They were nice for the old company. Yeah, they were sick. Yeah,
1: for the old company, we did. They were really nice.
2: Yeah, we might have some race stuff coming. We got some sick stuff. When you want to yeah. talk about like
0: cool
1: looking stuff, <laughs> yeah. you design some stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is some town club meets Paramount, kind of?
2: something like that. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: How's that? How's that work? Does that go under that brand? Like you throw it under the clothing, or is it still Armour Studios?
2: I don't know. I th- I think I'll throw it under the clothing. Yeah, I think that, it's that like, should be it's under like town. the
1: clothing line. Yeah. Because nobody believes. That a company that does graphic design or like like photos and stuff mm-hmm. also designs clothing, but it's true.
2: Yeah, it's true. We do it, it does all. It all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, man. We got some cool shit. Hopefully, you know.
1: I hope to be like completely threaded out and just my friends' clothing.
2: Oh, it's the best company clothing.
1: Yeah. yeah, the Service Brothers. Have you ever met Nick and Steve? I met them uh, at that uh, networking the happy, event. happy hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They um they literally. There was, I mean, they might still, but there was a period in time where, like, if you saw them together, <laughs> one of them had, like, a revival shirt on or a sweatshirt. You're, like, if not both of them. Mm-hmm. And it was always really cool. And I was like, damn, you guys are, like, really great billboards. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they are
2: Everybody
1: looks. That's why I, I always took, that's why I really appreciate that you put effort into your merch. Because I believe in doing the same. Because if you want people to wear your stuff, mm. it's got to be legit or cool. Like, yeah. uh, what was the the one thing that was said about, like, our, it was, like, um streetwear. Is mm-hmm. that what we were saying? Yeah. Because people were just, like, what company is this? Mm-hmm. I would have friends that would wear our shirts, and it doesn't say what it is. It's just the logos look cool or something. Yeah. People would come up to them in bars and be, like, what is this? Yeah. We we get it all the time. Construction company.
0: Yeah, we get it all the time, too. I mean, yeah. it's, it's. Uh, it started with I just wanted to make stuff like, okay, I got a shop. I don't have that many employees, so I don't need to care that much about saving like $2 on a, on a shirt or something like that. Let me just make something comfortable that people are like, I'm going to want to wear, and then mm. probably everybody else is going to want to wear it. And uh, so it's comfortable, high quality, and it looks cool. And we did that, and then we started getting a lot of requests for people that just wanted to buy what we were wearing in the shop. And uh, that's why we have some of it out here now. But it was never made with the intention of just selling for merch. We were just trying to make some, like, comfortable, nice stuff for everybody in the shop.
1: You got to find the designer that's patient zero and okay. just give them a hoodie and have them take a picture in the hoodie and post it. And then you'll create the viral, like, competition of, like, <laughs> what is this? the same people that come to the showroom. Mm. And post that like they oh. they've made it to the Paramount showroom. You could probably replicate that with the clothing. <laughs> mm. Yeah,
2: I got a Paramount hoodie. Do what need you need do you have? That. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. I got a
1: Paramount. I'm. It's like a varsity jacket. Yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs> it's <a> Letterman. <laughs> you know yeah. like, like yeah,
1: <laughs> that'd be fire. You're on. You're a part of the cool kids. Yeah, yeah in the club. Everybody wants to sit at the cool kids table.
2: Yeah, so I, when I saw you had a Paramount hoodie and I didn't have one, oh, I was yeah, like, Whoa. he was
1: pissed. I was he was like, Where'd <laughs> you? Can, he was like looking at me, and I'm like, what's up? He's like. Where'd you get this? Yeah. <laughs> I was a little upset. You know who also did that to me? Who? His dad. Oh yeah. <laughs> His dad came in oh. there. I'm talking to him and he's like I don't have one of these, (laughs) and I was like, "Oh, uh, (laughs) sorry." It's not what you think. (laughs) That's the way it looks. He just gave it to me. It's like clearly worn. Like my like strings are like all chewed
0: up.
2: Yeah, I
1: had to give him one later that day. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) that's great.
2: No, yeah, it's cool that you really care about the overall outlook of the brand. It's 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 cool when someone cares that much about what they do because. And it translates to also the work and everything else mm-hmm. that they do. It's, it's, it's really cool what you're doing here. I Thank f- you. I full
1: heartedly agree with that because if like the website looks legit, the clothing looks legit, like, you, you know, the br- logos look legit, like chances are the company's going to be legit. Mm-hmm. That's just my, my selfish belief. Cause like I also do the same mm-hmm. or try to that. If you care about the whole picture and the whole package, mm-hmm chances are, like, you're not going to have a problem. And, I mean, there's probably people that, you know, make furniture or build that just, like, don't even have a website. That, like, they yeah. build a great product. But chances, I think it's more likely that if, like, they don't care about a website, like, chances are they don't care about their product. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't care about, like, Collins putting all this effort into making the website functional in a way that you know, the only other people that do that are like car companies. Yeah.
0: I mean, we get, we get some like, I don't know. I don't want to say negative feedback, but we get criticism. Like why, you know, as a young company, why are you putting so much effort into your showroom and why are you putting so much effort into, um, you know, the the merch, for example, or the website. And, um, to me it's, it's, uh, I mean, to your actually, to your point as a company, if you look at a company that cares apart about the other things that maybe are could you could consider more like fringe items where they're not necessary to run a successful business at at its just most core, like do I want a company that pays my bills and is profitable and we can do what we want to do. You don't need nice merch. You don't need the greatest website in the world. You don't need the greatest showroom in the world. You just need to kind of pass the bar for all those things. But if you want to do... If, if a company is willing to put the effort into all these other items that, and, and still have a rock solid
1: core. I mean, you're, if you match those two companies up together, like yeah. say the finished product is the same, mm. but one of them has better marketing, better website, better gear, happier employees, pays them more. Yeah. Like this company's getting smoked any yeah. day of the week. Yeah. And it's not always necessarily about the competition. I think those companies can be successful. I've had this argument with numerous people mm-hmm. where they're just like, I've had it with business partners that didn't, like we weren't aligned on like how we should market or be as loud with our marketing. Yeah. And I'm like, look, like, we're competing against the big dogs. Like yeah. I'm competing against companies that have been around four years that are like about to be passed off to a third or second generation. You have like, to work harder. I have to make a YouTube channel. Like yeah. I have to show what the value is behind our business. Mm-hmm. So, dude, we're same page.
0: Yeah, same page. Pretty
2: cool.
1: We're going to get Gilmore in on the wood, dude. you going to know wood.
2: Yeah, I don't really know wood like that. I built shelves at home. I don't even know what wood I used to build them, so yeah. that's cool.
1: Depot wood.
2: Yeah, I went to Home Depot. I was let <laughs> get that, cut it up, sanded it, stained it, all that shit. Look mm-hmm. good though. Thanks. Yeah. Know the steps. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I yeah. Fucking worked hard. I was in my backyard, like, sanding away. It <laughs> was a good time. <laughs> Hand sanding too. I ain't have no tools. for that. Next time, come here. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny right.
1: that, like, you know, so many people in construction that you didn't <laughs> think to be like, hey, can I borrow, just can just borrow a sander? <laughs> I, I, have, I have sanders <laughs> with dust on them. That, like, <laughs> like, I could have literally, I could have given you an orbital or like a, a sander and you could have never given it back and I wouldn't have noticed.
3: I yeah.
2: <laughs> know how to go on asking about that. I'm just you know, I'll I'll figure it out. But you're right. I yeah, should, you, know you know people what? Yeah that's, you're
3: right That's you're the
1: right. raw wool you, you're, you're right That's right You're yeah. it yourself dude That's
2: true
3: bro You can't
1: You can't hedge on anybody else Cause like chances are You gotta pull the carpet out From underneath them. Yeah fuck yeah. it You gotta <laughs> figure out How to stand so good With your hands That you're not gonna Need a machine <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah right. you are the machine relying, Yeah you are the machine dude <laughs> you go, Relying machines,
1: on bro. a Relying on a machine's Weakness in your culture and It's
2: yeah. the way my culture Does it bro
1: <laughs> Big shoulders <laughs> Just get out of here I can barely fit Through yeah, doors sometimes It's just fucked up I gotta walk sideways. Wait. That's why he grew his hair out to hide his trash
2: Yeah, dude,
0: mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. He's I got, saw you. I saw you walk through the other door to come in through these double doors instead of the main door. You that saw that me. Makes bro. A lot of sense now. You
2: saw me. He, he went to up. a
1: celebrity hairstylist to get his hair. Cut. <laughs> a celebrity
0: hairstylist. Makes a lot of sense. Look at those yeah.
1: weaves. Is she? He, is? Came, he came back, and I was like, "Did you get a haircut?" He's like. I did do that. I did. Just a he hair did, flick. He did the herbal that's essence. That's I was like, slow down.
2: Bro, the wind was blowing. The whole Avita yeah. commercial. Yeah, yeah, it was, Rush. It was lit.
1: And we were recording with an artist, so I was like, dude, you cannot look this good. <laughs> 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 He's going to want to paint you. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> I'm amazed he wasn't like, come on, can, can I paint you? <laughs> You're beautiful. No, you can't make any money off me yet, mm. so.
1: Yeah, dude, that's because, well, I mean, when the... When Raul, like, you know. Yeah, until
2: we yeah. blow up, he'll when he'll be, he, be ready to paint he blows me. that whistle, dude. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you'll get a painting then. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you'll be, be painting. And then the value will be flip-flopped. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? You'll have, you'll hold the you'll hold the chips in your hand. Hell yeah. Right now, he, he'd get you at a discount. Mm-hmm. But then he's going to pay a premium. He's going to pay a premium. I'm going to negotiate this
2: contract. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm excited. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> he makes shit happen. <laughs> um... Dude, I think
1: we, I think we, we did, we did the yeah, thing. We, did the, we the thing, did, did the thing. How many, dude? Yeah. How many minutes is, minutes is, is we've been doing? About ninety minutes is. Ooh, Ooh, damn. It's like the
2: perfect time. That flies. Yeah, dude. It did fly by. What um,
1: do, what do you have to leave us on? Like, what do you like? If you had to say, if I gave you thirty seconds, I'll give you more. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's Six messed seconds. up. I don't know. <laughs> if you had one moment left to live. Oh my God. <laughs>
2: One opportunity.
3: He's like, mom's spaghetti. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the lights just dim yeah. down. Oh, just pick up the microphone. Someday we're going to be big enough show that we're going to have a guy like running the lights. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, and just like a spotlight comes up on call. <laughs> <laughs> Cue spotlight. Like, I,
0: I had AI write us a, um, a rap about, like I asked them to write a marketing commercial as a rap. Wow. I should have prepared it. Wow, could have done it.
3: Well, we'll yeah, when okay. we
0: when we get the light guy, I'll do the rap. Yeah, there you <laughs> go, dude. dude you dude, got a fog machine. The AI man.
1: is wild. You just gave me. I'm gonna. I'm going down a AI rabbit hole this weekend, dude. I'm definitely gonna put, write it down in my notebook. Oh shit. I, AI raps like for you. <laughs>
3: oh shit. Yeah.
1: Dude, just like.
0: I had to just write it. I didn't have. I didn't have it read it. No, I'm but not. I had it right. It was it was sick. I asked it to make it more edgy. It did. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Edgy, how it added an N word.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> hey, hey, didn't I say
2: was just say saying, <laughs> <laughs> this is AI, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Me I don't and know. Kong can't say stuff like that.
3: <laughs> I
1: can't either. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I've heard some of your friends in Trenton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. Dude. I mean, he does have curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really, Raul His skin's a little dark. It's fine, I guess. Yeah, he's <laughs> Dominican. He gets by, I guess.
2: Yeah, no, he says that all the time. Yeah. He's like, how are you going to say it anymore? I'm like, I never said it to begin with. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's funny. But that that's funny that AI wrote that shit for you. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. We'll we'll crank
0: it out as an ad one of these times.
2: Oh for sure. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good time. Yeah. yeah. Just like sales just <laughs> <laughs> your demographics just like,
1: uh, we're more classical.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Make headline AI ruin someone's <laughs> business. That'd be crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I picture people that buy your stuff. Like predominantly listen to jazz
2: music.
0: Yeah, that might be right. We usually play jazz music in here. <laughs> oh actually. I love jazz music. Yeah, it's it's, good. Kinda, it's a vibe. Yeah,
2: some good shit. It's very good. Dude. Makes it feel elegant. Yeah. You said it. What the fuck? It does. Stop <laughs> <I'm> saying that. <laughs> 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 throwing all this shit on me. <laughs> um,
1: dude, thanks so much. This was awesome. This was a good time. Letting us come by and hang out yeah. in your showroom. It's yeah. um it's really inspiring to see. And every time I come here, I'm like this guys, oh, this guy's doing it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and then, like, for people like myself, and I'm sure Gilmar can attest to this, it's like when you hang out with people, even if they're doing something completely different than you, but uh, we call them, we call them builders. Me and Gilmar just used to on the podcast, we used to just call ourselves builders, not in like the construction sense, but like people that take something you know. like some aggregate material and like create a business from it. It's like, you have a vision, you have all these like little fundamental things that, and then people like all of a sudden, 10 years later, people are like, Oh, you, you you made it overnight. And it's like, no, there's like all these little pieces that came together. Um, so it's, it's really inspiring to hang out. And that's like the privilege of the podcast for us is like, we get to meet and sit down with these individuals that are, you know, doing, what they're doing. It's it's inspiring. It kinda like rubs on off off it. Like tomorrow I'll be like fired up in the morning and be like, I'm gonna
3: make some stuff. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'll be like looking at epoxy later and just being like, no,
3: no, no, don't do it. Close the book. It's called calm.
0: Uh, It's Um. not by any time for that. It's it's equally cool for us to like almost, you know, at least for me, for to sit back and you know, you're so so in the ebb and flow every day of of what we're doing. It's almost nice to sit back and just like, just talk about what we're doing and 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 almost put into words the actions that we've been doing, because um, you don't think about it when you're in the moment and when you sit back and talk like this and reflect on it, it actually it almost re inspires you know me. It's cool. Yeah. I Love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a I'm whole awesome. other level to that. Mm-hmm. It's like you you're like oh wow I have done all this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's
2: pretty cool. I keep doing it. Hell yeah. yeah.
1: Keep yeah. doing it. You never stop. Never stop. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dude, thanks so much for coming. Gilmar, thanks for being Gilmar.
3: Thanks, of course, Gilmar. Yeah, Appreciate y'all. Um,
1: this is Andrew Gilmar and Colin Thompson hanging out in the Paramount Wood Company showroom that you need to check out or, you know, check out the pictures and stuff that Gilmar has. Um, I'm sure they're on the website, YouTube video coming. And, uh, but I definitely encourage anybody that's local or if you're traveling to Bucks County for tourism or whatever reason, this is this is the spot. And we're Bucks County's number one investigative journalist. We are number one. So we did journalism here tonight. Thanks for listening. <laughs>